Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. For nearly 100 years, Purdy Insurance has been your locally owned, family operated source for insurance products. With a staff of over 20 and partnerships with some of the industry's most trusted companies, Purdy has the experience and resources to get the job done. Whether you need personal home and auto or complex business insurance solutions, Purdy will help you navigate through the process. Call today at 570 286 5855. Or better yet, stop in their Sunbury office to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto home life business, they'll save you money. Maybe they'll do it with bundles, but they'll save you money wherever they can. They'll also make sure you're completely covered. If there's ever a claim, they go to work as if it happened to them. Once you lock in with Purdy Insurance, you are going to be locked in for a long time because they care about each and every customer. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great pre-owned inventory. Awesome service department. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Purdue Athletic Director Mike Babinski said that zero of their athletes have had a positive antigen test since it began testing September 30th, but head coach Jeff Brom has tested positive. He took the daily test positive, Took the PCR test, also came back positive. Brian Brom is going to handle the game day decisions at work as the acting head coach Saturday. Uh, Jeff Brom uh, says that he was experiencing chills, sweating, had chest tightness, body aches over the weekend, and the test confirmed that he is positive. Now, fortunately, because of water brought in from Lords, Nick Saban overcame that. Amazing. He was there on the sideline. Time for our play-by-play call of the day. Ready, Freeman. Lifts this one way up there. He's like, Betts didn't see it at first. Now goes back. Jumps and he does it again. Mookie putting his stamp all over the NLCS defensively. Always been a great defensive player. Always. Won the Gold Glove four straight times in the American League. He's going to win a Gold Glove this year as well. Great player. Could have picked a lot. The Bellinger home run. The Kike Hernandez home run. Could have picked Tay Crowder. Mr. Irrelevant scoring the game-winning touchdown and a scoop and score yesterday. The last player selected in the draft. So there are a lot to choose from yesterday. All right. No walk-up music, but if anybody deserved any as they walk up to the plate to be on the show. It'd be Frank Bodani, York Daily Record. Frank, welcome. Great to have you with us. Finally game week. Uh, yeah. And now we're up to the point where, okay, let's uh, 
Let's just see if we can everybody can get through negative this week and play the game. It doesn't mean you're out of the woods yet. Yeah, that's a factor that I think we kind of uh, we know about, but we continually kind of put aside because you've never dealt with something like that before. It's always injuries, but now we have a whole other layer of uh, you know, can we pass this through? And it's like I, I tell you what, at least from the outside, the discipline that apparently. Penn State in particular seems to have with their program bodes well and with the way James Franklin and the staff are handling things in that regard. Yeah. So credit where credit's due there because I know they have, what, 1,300-plus tests last week. This is the last announcement they made. And they had the athletic uh, the student-athletes had three um, total in that. All right, so Frank, uh, it's finally game week. So I want to get to Indiana first because I know they did some press press work today. Uh, to me, Frank, this is a this is the best Indiana team we've seen in a while. Uh, I'm not saying you know the great a national championship contender or anything like that, but I think they're really good. What do you think? Well, absolutely. I think you. I think they're probably similar and you know more confident. Uh, even a little better equipped than last year, and look at what they did last year. I mean, it was a life and death struggle sure. <laughs> at the end for Penn State. Right, and um, you know you're switching out talented quarterbacks, but you got another one to deal with the the same running back, the same talented receivers. I think they might be. I mean, my guess is a little more dangerous offensively. And how are you going to handle that with a lot of new parts on defense? I, I really think it could be. Especially with the way college football's gone, I mean, could be a really open back and forth affair, you know, so to speak. Especially to start uh, this game because defenses seem to be, you know, they're really at a, at a tough point. They haven't tackled really anybody else in ten right. months. Yeah. Um, so they're but they're behind eight ball a little bit, you know. So for for me, if I'm a Penn State fan, I'm looking at the really what is going to carry Penn State through all these uncertainties of opening day and to me that that's the offensive line that's the running backs that's uh sean clifford's experience you know well there's another element too i mean normally you have that game at the beginning you know in penn state most teams do this where you look you have you have more talent than the other guy so you can make 10 20 25 mistakes in the game and because of your talent you can get through it and you have great teaching points on video, you have to come out of the gate and play somebody right away, and I think that's that's played a role in this college football season, uh, in my at least in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good thing. I, I think, um, I mean, you know, your Penn State, you've had so long to wait. It almost doesn't matter who you play; it's almost better to to get going right away, right? I mean, yeah. it's been delayed so long. Yeah, and you know, sometimes the opening game can maybe doesn't always get your attention as much as it should Appalachian State and um, come doesn't come always out the way you think it should so maybe right. it's good they get they know what they're dealing with with Indiana and Indiana is going to have the same unknowing uh, situation that Penn State does too I mean it's like we're always talking about what Penn State has to deal with but yeah. you know Indiana's got a, a handful of what they got to deal with as well so uh I think it's good. I think it's good that you get going. I mean, you, you know, we're just excited. I think most people are excited to get a season going. Let's 
Let's not wait around, right? Get right to it. Yeah, it's week eight of the college football season, and it's week one for the Big Ten. So I think a lot of people just feel good that they're going to get a chance to see some Big Ten <laughs> football. I mean, how about that? Absolutely. W- week eight, yeah, I mean, week Pitt, one. Pitt's played like six games already, right? Or yeah. five or six. Yeah. So. Exactly. Uh, that's what they've done to this point. Um, so what area of the football team, in your opinion, needs to be improved that could make a difference, that could be a swing that swings at Penn State's way for a season? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's obvious their receivers are number one. Yep. I mean, there's not a lot of known coming back there, especially beyond John Dotson. What is there? I mean, you have some guys that you're looking to, but it's two guys, a couple of guys who were, have been on the team, but haven't had starring roles at all. And then you have the young, you have the freshmen coming in. So Sean Clifford needs to develop that relationship and you need to find a couple guys you really trust quickly. So that's the biggest thing to me. And then on the other side of the ball would be the, you know, the pass rush, which technically was there last year, mm-hmm. but it wasn't me as consistent as it needed to be and to me that had a big point a big role in their struggles with past defense and um now you have probably one of your more experienced areas on the team is the secondary mm-hmm. and so you need to see those guys step up but the pass rush has to be not just a load of sacks a couple of weeks you got to have consistent pressure and we've heard about these new pass rushers for quite a while now. So let's see what Jason Oway and Adisa Isaac and a new and improved Shaka Tony do from one week to the next, right? Yeah, you have a lot of contact, obviously, with readers along the way. What are the questions they're asking you? Well, I, I, you know, I think it's always the offense because <laughs> I think that's way more easily visible for fans, you know. Right. Sure. With Sean Clifford, you know, Sean Clifford, is he an elite quarterback? He's a good quarterback already. Is he is he an elite quarterback? And I think there's a lot of intrigue on um, what Penn State's new offensive coordinator, who happens to be from York County, mm-hmm. uh, will be able to, to do as far as helping Sean go to the next level. You know, that's that's a that's a big that's a big talking point I think for fans and just be able to can you beat Ohio State you know and that's part of this strange season you know Penn State never has that type of a game that early in the year typically but that's the thing I mean we could talk about all the great games and they have been great games that Penn State and Ohio State have played but how many times has Penn State won and that's right. close or not you know only twice I think in Beaver Stadium and since '05, mm-hmm. and um, so close or not, that's that's the marking point, you know. Made even more so when you have the former <laughs> former Penn State commit as the quarterback, and Julian yeah. Fleming is one of his targets coming up. You know, right? No, it's, it's, no doubt. But they've got Indiana first along the way. When we were out there two years ago, Michael Penix got into the game. I liked him. Um, what do you think about the left-hander uh, running the show for them? Because it's his baby. There's no Peyton Ramsey now. He's at Northwestern. It, I think it's – well, I mean, he has so much potential. Yes. So much talked about. And yet Peyton Ramsey ended up being the guy to rescue them, was actually the consistent guy, the guy that kind of you know, no one talked about that always you always thought, wow, he's better than I figured at the end of the day. 
So now you have the guy who's really hyped up, but he's got to one stay healthy. He's got to, uh, you know, he started off well last year, but I'm not sure he really beat any beat a really good team. Right. So I think you're going to see a lot of flashes on Saturday from this kid. I'll be interested to see how it works out for four quarters, um, how Penn State's defense can adjust as the game goes on. I mean, we haven't seen a full effort from from Michael yet against Penn State, so I'm intrigued by by you know just his pocket presence, what how that will be, how Penn State's rush will handle him. I don't know if he's quite as much. I mean, he's athletic. I'm not sure how much of a runner he will be, but. Uh, That'll be interesting to see how it how Penn State defense and their new linebackers handle this guy. Under the category of the unknown, uh, normally when you go to Indiana, with all due respect, they usually get about 37,000 fans there, usually. And it's normally, especially if it's a noon game, this will be a 3.30 game, a, quote, sleepy atmosphere. I think that's a fair assessment of all the times you and I have gone there. Mm-hmm. This is under the category of the unknown. No fans. What do you think that the factor of trying to generate your own juice is going to mean? You know, yeah, I mean, that's something we we don't know what it'll be like. I I don't think it's going to, from my personal opinion, I don't think it's going to have a whole lot of effect for Penn State in Indiana. Partially they're on the road, partially because Mm -hmm. it's not a real loud environment anyway. Right. I don't think, I mean, the big question to me, which will be completely unanswerable it would be what it was going to be like in week two at home yeah, but I know but for Indiana I, I don't think it's going to be a big issue for Penn State I mean I think these guys are so psyched to play mm-hmm. um, that I don't think they're going to have problems with the energy it'd be you know the one thing we saw that was a little rough for say Sean Clifford last year is how he started beginnings of games he was too fired up it almost seemed like right. too yeah too jacked up so that'll be one thing fans or not, road game or not, how will Sean come out at the beginning of a game? I expect a more mature quarterback, a guy who's um, a little more comfortable with things. It's interesting because I was on the Ohio State radio network Saturday, and they asked about obviously about the, the atmosphere for that you know being the home opener, and they said if it makes you feel any better, Jack Ham and I will wear a white. Alright, so... <laughs> <laughs> There you go. That's going to help. At least two of you, right? Yeah, that's right. There'll be two of us up there. What the heck? We'll go that route. Frank, it is always a pleasure. Great to hear you. Thanks so much for being with us today, as always. Oh, my my pleasure. All the best this week, and uh, good trip out and everything, and uh, stay safe. Thanks so much, Frank. Appreciate that. Appreciate you. Yeah, take care. Frank Bodani, York Daily Record. Our tribute to Doc Emmerich still to come. Great to have you with us today. Happy anniversary to the Catrillos. Matt's parents, 35 years today. Congratulations from us to them. Wonderful family. Why, thank you. And uh, raised a great son. Fabulous. Uh, uh, fabulous family. And, of course, they love their grandson, which I think they, they have him today, right? Yes, they do. So they definitely could not be happier today. Sure, I'm sure. All right, we'll come back more in a moment. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. 
When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. You know what's really bad about that play they ran? It's actually a two-point conversion. It's, uh, oh. I'm, I'm sitting there like, oh. It probably was a better play call, oh, though, than what Doug what, called up at the end of the game. It made a great catch at the two-yard line, but the conversion's no good. I mean, that's... Suit worth is still was better than what Doug P called anyway. Do I worry about the suit too much? I don't know, but he's concerning. (laughs) What a catch! Um, it was a two point conversion, the conversion's no good. (laughs) All right, but you know, for all the struggles that Chick had being shot out at Jersey Shore, they seemed to have played a pretty decent game, much better than last time. You went from losing 53 nothing to only 16 nothing. That's still that's a lot better than what it was before. But they haven't scored in two weeks. Yeah, that's the only No, that's there. not good. That's not good. I'm saying okay. That is the one okay. negative. Okay. Yeah. Let's start with this. What's the object of the game? <laughs> yeah, you got to score to get more points. The object of the game is to score more points than the other dude. Having <laughs> Having no points, right, since October the uh, 2nd, not good. October 2nd is the last time they scored, right? Yeah, first first or second quarter of the uh, Shaboken game when they were up 13 nothing. Wow. It really... Uh... Takes away from uh, the suit screaming touchdown shikalimi. <laughs> he does miss that. So do shikalimi fans. Well, <laughs> to be yes. honest with you. Yeah, and look, it's just it's a tough year, tough time. Like I said, State High is playing Carlisle tonight. I feel bad for the. Uh, there's a family two doors down from us, and she has two of her sons playing in the state high football team. And look, I look, I totally understand the circumstances. I mean, it's, so this isn't being naive about anything, but you can still feel badly for people when, you know, you hope for something and you're not getting it. I mean, it's, it's been really a, a roller coaster for them as to, you know, will they be allowed to practice? All right, we'll let them practice. Well, you're letting them practice. Will they be allowed to play? Now they're not going to let other people start. But, well, so then they played two games. Their only home game was last was uh, last week. Hey, okay. so they played twice. 
So they're going to get the third game, and they find out before the game they can't play. Well, they can't go down there. Well, turned out it all's well. They get to play tonight, playing at 5 o'clock tonight down at Carlisle. So I give all the uh, all the high school players all the credit in the world, you know, along with the coaches, for navigating all of this. Chickalemi, Sealands Grove, Milton, Lewisburg. Just getting out there and playing is an accomplishment in this particular year. And they give them a lot of credit for it. And I think they've given a very good account of themselves all see you know, all season long. Teams in the in the valley have played well. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's an unusual year with an unusual happenings. Now, can Shikalimi still make the playoffs? You know what? I have to check the 4A standings. I would. My guess is they they probably took a little bit of a hit, especially that Seals Grove won. Right. But I am. I I have to double check that. Well, the suit knows right away. He'd be on this show, and he'd be giving us the playoff scenario after week two. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not joking. No, that you're actually right. is not a joke. Yeah. After week two, we'd be talking about the playoff scenario. I'm saying they're going, it's September. It's Labor Day. <laughs> but Seals Grove's playoff chances improved greatly with that win against Central Mountain. Oh, I'm sure they had to. Because now Seals Grove, they were the four seed. They could jump to three. Okay. They might have a chance to do that. I, Bifflinburg did win their game, and they're, they're the team that's ahead of them right now. But Seals Grove keeps on winning. Bifflinburg might lose a game or two. They got a chance to maybe move up a little bit and avoid Jersey Shore in the first round. Okay. Yeah, check with the suit and see if, if Shikolimbi still has a playoff possibility. Um, just want you know. I just want to know for the sake of the show and so forth. Maybe even you know, no. Seriously, I mean, I'm just trying to keep you up to date on everybody. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Conversely, that was not a two-point conversion. Uh, guy actually got to the end zones, called a touchdown. I know. I don't know. What? Still better than Doug P's play call. <laughs> Doug? Doug is Doug's call is legendary. Legendary. No, I'm talking about Doug Peterson, not Doug Birdsong. Oh, oh Doug Peterson. Oh, no, yeah. no, no. Doug Birdsong's oh, call is no legendary. Way. Yes, absolutely. Legendary. Doug Peterson, let's chase points. What are we doing? I see stuff like that, and I ask myself, I don't get, I don't get the lack of common sense. I will say this too: sarcastic Merrill is funny Merrill. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, he he kept it somewhat entertaining of that painful first half. Yeah. By the way, our thanks to uh, James Hartley, who gave us a like on the show. Appreciate that. James, very much. One of many of late to do that. That's fabulous. 
Let's play a player. Uh, April, how about April Scholl? Same thing. April gave us a like as well. Thank you, April. Appreciate that very much that you did that and took the time to say that. How about, uh, let's see, one more. Yeah, Michael Wasco, another one. Michael, thank you very much for taking the time to give the old show a like. Just thought we'd mention those in there, and that, that means a lot. Okay. Let's uh, get our tribute here to Doc Emmerich, who's decided to retire at the age of 74 and retiring at the top of his game. Uh, beloved, the ability to make a casual fan into a fan. When you have the passion, the knowledge, and the language skill of a Doc Emmerich, who to me is to hockey what Vince Scully is, has been to baseball, you can turn casual fans into real fans the way Vin did in Southern California and the way Doc Emmerich has with the nation. Our tribute to Doc Emmerich. To the many who love this sport, it was 50 years ago this fall with pen and pad in hand at Old Civic Arena in Pittsburgh, I got my first chance to cover the National Hockey League. That was Mike Emmerich. 14 teams. Gordy Howe was a Red Wing. Bobby Hall was a Blackhawk. Bobby Orr was a Bruin. All three went to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Gordy Howe's son Mark and Bobby Hall's son Brett did too. At that time, there were still scoreboard clocks with sweep hands and a lot of players with good bare right hands. Time passed. Rosters expanded. The league did too. Now 32 franchises. Although I've decided to put down the play-by-play headset mic at NBC, and they have graciously allowed me to do some essays like this in the future, a time like this makes me recall that we have seen a lot together. Snowy day, celebration of hockey in Buffalo. Not all of our games had a roof. Here comes Crosby. 12 years ago in Buffalo, there was the first replay through clouds from a plane. 21 seconds in. And later, a winning goal through snow flurry. Score! Penguins win! Then six years later, two original six teams, Detroit and Toronto, and the biggest crowd ever, over 105,000 at Michigan Stadium. Trying to win it. And another shootout. Five years later, hearing the famous victory march at Notre Dame and two more original Sixers, Boston and Chicago, walking over that fabled gridiron. We saw some Olympics, too. Zach Parise out of a net scramble! A decade ago, a gold medal game that required overtime between the two North American powers in Vancouver. Crosby scores! The gold medal to Canada! And four years later, in a memorable game in Sochi, when the home team Russians saw an American named T.J. Oshie score four times in a shootout, Score! including the clincher. Team USA wins! I don't know about you, but I still get chills seeing the Stanley Cup. And knowing how professionals paid well during the season. Forget everything. And raise pain thresholds above broken jaws, black eyes, stitches, and a lot we can't see to win a title and get the name their parents gave them engraved on this trophy. 
Oh, sure, things change over the 50 years. When I arrived, helmets were optional and then required of new players. Visors were optional and then required of new players. We went from one referee to two. Goal judges once sat in chairs behind the net. Now video replay helps make those calls. We have a goal on the ice. But much of what I love, perhaps what you love, is unchanged from then to now and into the years ahead. I love that coaches still yell and arguments can happen. I love that goalies can occasionally still score goals. That sentiment can enter even into what number a player wears or gives up. That banners, like jerseys, aren't just cloth. They represent sacrifice. I love that when fans pay the price of admission in addition to the game, they can get to see kids get a lifetime memory, get to see one of their number experience joy, or get to be in on a surprise reunion of someone serving the country. And speaking of that, to have those who have served on the ice when the anthem is sung, I never tire of that, do you? And I especially love when the horn sounds and one playoff team has won and another, of course, hasn't. All hostility dissolves into that timeless, great display of sportsmanship, the handshake line. 60 years since I saw my first game, 50 years since I first reported on the NHL, 40 years of calling NHL games, and I am always heartened to see this. I hope these days find you well. We are well here. In the meantime, I will be at home with Joyce and the pups. It's a circus. And perhaps in the future, I will have something to share with you, but hoping you can stay safe for now. And like me, watch for the start of next season. I leave you with sincere thanks. Your hockey friend, Doc. And we leave him, and he should understand our sincere thanks. He made games better. Even a mundane game, maybe in November, on a Wednesday night. He made the experience of watching the game better. The way he seamlessly flowed, even when the action was chaotic. And then when it came time for the big moments, Doc Emmerich took his game, which was already at a high level, and kicked it up a couple of notches and enhanced the moment even more so. That's what the special ones do. That's what the Vince Scullys do and did. That's what Doc Emmerich has done during the course of his career. He's humble enough to think that people probably, oh, they won't miss me. They'll miss him. And by the way, NBC will probably put together an outstanding play-by-play team of some sort, whether it's a Kenny Albert, a John Forsland, Mike Tirico. They'll find somebody who'll do a great job. Because in all of these jobs, and I've talked about this, I've been interviewed a lot about my job lately, and I, I tell everybody the same thing. I said, look, I was fortunate in that I replaced somebody who retired. 
So nobody was forced out. They they retired. Fran retired. But you replace somebody, and somewhere down the road, I will be replaced. Doc Emmerich replaced somebody, and now it's somebody that's going to replace him. But it doesn't mean that the memories and the style and the linguist and that unbreakable mind that is a thesaurus it will be sorely missed because Doc Emmerich was really that good and there are a lot of great ones out there Doc Emmerich is not just a great one but we've been fortunate as viewers and listeners to hear a truly special one We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Yeah, you always look at the, there's an ability. The game is always the central part of it. There's no getting around it. It's the game. It's what's in front of you. But there are certain people, Vin Scully would be one. Harry Callis would be another one. Um, I think Scott Fransky does a brilliant job too. Merrill, all right. You know when you listen to Merrill and what he's able to do, what Harry was able to do, what Scott does now. Um, Keith Jackson, Vin Scully, Doc Emmerich, um, Mike Breen. There's a presence about them. Well, they, they enhance and make the experience better. For many years, Marv Albert was like that. Many years. You now Jim Nance is like that. It was really apparent on the PGA Golf Championship where you, I was watching it on ESPN, and ESPN's doing a fine job on the whole thing, and then Nance came on, and it had a different feel and presence to it. Joe Buck's like that. Al Michaels is absolutely like that where they have the ability, to, just the presence of it, just has a different feel and sound to it when they're there. You know, Fran was like that. Fran did a brilliant job. You know, all, the, all those games, all those years that people couldn't see, Fran was like that, with an incredible presence and the excitement that just, that just spoke to every Penn Stater out there that this was a Penn State game, and Fran Fisher was a Penn State announcer. And that's, you know, Gil Santos was like that. There are several that fall into that category. So in this tribute to Doc Emmerich, we've mentioned a lot of names, and I probably have missed some along the way. But there's something special about the presence of these guys and what they're able to do. And presence is, is not really a, something that is definable. It is something that, you get a feel and it's sense for as you listen to it that elevates what you feel you're viewing and listening to. Doc Emmerich always has been able to do that. Like I said, he takes he would take the ordinary game between the Flyers and the Bruins in November. And even though it was just an ordinary game, one of 82 during the course of the year on a Wednesday night, you kind of felt like it was a little more special because he was doing the game. And by the way, Eddie Olchick's fabulous with him. Fabulous with him. Now, they work well together. So for a hockey fan or even a sports fan in general, 
one of the true legends out there, who, by the way, doesn't think of himself as a legend. He's done he's done our show a couple times. I think the last time we had him on, he was uh, getting ready to do a game up in Montreal. Joined the show from Montreal, from the Bell Center. And he does that all the time, where he, he joins a lot of shows. And you know what he does a lot of? A lot of college radio stations, a lot of college announcers ask him to be on their show, and he does it every time. Always has been eager to share with young people. So without question, when you... you And there's some fabulous announcers today. I mean, Dan Schulman does a great job. I mentioned Mike Breen already. Uh, you, you know, Sean McDonough does a great job. Chris Fowler does a great job. Uh, Mike Tirico does a great job in Notre Dame football. Brad, we just had Brad Nessler on, who's just fabulous. And Brad was great on the game the other night. Vern, Vern Lundquist for years was like that. There's a reason why the, that certain people elevate themselves. Some just want to stay local. Harry stayed local. Harry could have gone national, Harry Kals, if he wanted to, but he loved Philadelphia too much. You know, he did some games on Westwood One. Jack Ham worked a lot of games with Harry on Westwood One over the years. But Harry, you know, there's a reason why Harry was a legend and is still, fans are still fond of He was just that good. And Scott Fransky, to his credit, has picked up that baton and now has carved out his own and has done a great job. Merrill, of course, is fabulous beyond words. I think Merrill's just great at what he does. Not good, he's great. So just because you're a local doesn't mean you can't be one of those individuals that has presence. You hear Merrill Reese, you know you're listening to an Eagles game. When you heard Harry Callis, you knew you were listening to the Phillies. Jim Jackson's a fabulous hockey announcer as well. Does a great job. And like I said, NBC will come up with somebody like a John Forsland, or maybe it'll be a Kenny Albert, or maybe it'll be Mike Tirico, or what, that will do a, just a great job. Great job. Just like, and I'll give you a good example, right? Vince Scully, legend among legends, right? You know, the old, you know, hey, who's on your Mount Rushmore or whatever? Vince Scully in broadcasting would certainly be one of them. Yet a young guy by the name of Joe Davis, somebody had to be next. It was Joe Davis. And the Dodgers made a great choice. Joe Davis, who last night did the Braves-Dodgers playoff game because Joe Buck was doing Tampa Bay and Green Bay. And by the way, in just about six minutes, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are back at work. They get Kansas City-Buffalo at 5 on Fox. And then Joe Buck will go and do the World Series. But Joe Davis did Game 7 last night. And as usual, was great. And Joe Davis does college football. Great. He does college basketball great. I've crossed paths with him because of the Fox Fox and Fox Sports 1 contract. Joe Davis has no ego. He's down to earth, and anybody that praises him, he almost seems embarrassed by it. And he's really good at what he does. Really good. Smooth, smart. 
Brian Anderson's the same way on TBS. Brian Anderson's really elevated himself. Now, in the process, because he's done so much NBA, my friend Matt LePay has done a lot of Brewers games. <laughs> so Matt, at least, LePay made at least a little coin during the course of the season this year because Brian Anderson was in the bubble. <laughs> Brian couldn't do the Brewers. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he was excellent during the Rays Yankee yes, series, and he did a great job for the ALCS too. Absolutely, he's a great announcer, and, you know. And he had to fill in for Marv Albert one point during the NCAA tournament a couple of years ago, and he was great. Great, he had to do it last second. He had to fill in for a game. Fabulous. You wouldn't have, you know, it sounded like he prepared for two months. It's just really, there's a lot of really great pros in this business. A lot of them have a lot of. Uh, Respect. You know, and I could say that a lot about my brethren in the Big Ten. Paul Keels at Ohio State, Johnny Holiday, yeah, at, at Maryland. You know, Jim Branstetter up in up in Michigan. You know, and George Blaha over at Michigan State. Will team it on basketball there. Don Fisher at Indiana. Says Don's like forty eighth year doing Indiana. He sounds like he did twenty years ago. Right. Tim Newton over at Purdue. Dave Ended at Northwestern. Mike Grimm at Minnesota. Matt LaPay of the aforementioned one at Wisconsin. Gary Dolphin at Iowa. Ryan Barnhart at Illinois. Uh, Greg Sharp with Nebraska. And uh, Kent Pavelka, by the way, with basketball. They split. They're all great guys. All of them, great guys. And, you know, it's just it's fun to be around. That's one of the things that will be tough this year, for example. Like, some of these, some are not traveling this year. For example, Ohio State's not, Ohio State's going to do the Penn State game in Columbus, so I won't see Paul to maybe basketball season. Maryland, same story. They're not traveling uh, so I won't see Johnny until basketball season. I mean, these people are friends, and they're not like great announcers, but they're friends. Uh, I'm trying to think. Michigan State is coming in here. They are traveling in here. I don't think Iowa is, so I won't see Gary Dolphin until basketball season. Now, we're traveling, so I'll see Greg Sharp at Nebraska. I'll see Don Fisher at Indiana. Um Chris, Chris Carlin, I'll see him with Rutgers, and uh, I'll see Jim Brandstetter and hopefully Dan Deardorff. I hope Dan will be there as well. Dan Dan usually does home games, so hopefully Dan will be up there. Great to pay tribute to Doc Emmert, who deserves every ounce of praise. All right. Neil Kulong and the Steelers dominating performance yesterday. Dominating. 138-7. Their defense stepped up. Minka Fitzpatrick, that big pick six early, set the tone for the entire game. We'll talk to Neil about that tomorrow. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com.